welcome to the podcast of the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. We are training coaches and coaching leaders because we know that only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Because we care and we want you to reach your full potential, we coach you to choose life-giving reactions to the warning lights that show up on the dashboard of your life. Welcome back to the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. In this episode, I'm going to walk you through how to pray for another person's healing and freedom. So that's where we're going to pick up today. That's the part of your session where you're ready to bring a person's need to God in prayer. So you've listened and you know you found something the person needs to deal with in their past. You know, someone to forgive, a loss to grieve, a wound to be healed, a lie to be rebuked, a vow to be reversed, whatever. The Spirit has shown some needed heart surgery, discovered as a you know, result of the symptoms you've observed and that they share and from their conversational homework with God. Let's talk about uh, a word I'll put in air quotes here, diagnosis. A quick thought about that diagnosis. Um, I want to address your fear that you have gone in the wrong direction. And I simply want to ask, what are you afraid of? So, you coach someone to bring to God something that was not really the source of their initial struggle, but they've forgiven someone or confessed some sin and otherwise turned their heart to God. Does that sound like a failure? For, and for all you know, there is a connection you do not see, but that God does. Something that was in the way, that needed to move before they could go, get any deeper. Maybe they just needed to process something easier to get the feel for it and build their confidence in God. What, you're, you're not sure that the thing you, you coached them to was, was even a problem? Okay, I ask again, what exactly are you afraid of? Maybe they confessed something they did not need to or forgave someone they did not need to or did some other spiritual work that was not really a spiritual roadblock in their relationship with God. However, they spent time in conversation with God and got some experience praying for an extended time. Um, now they, they know the process for coming to God with sin and unforgiveness and, and, and wound. You build a relationship with them. And, and last but not least, they have learned to ask for help, embrace humility and transparency with another, and opened their mind to learn how to maintain their relationship with God. Tell me where there is a waste of time in there or what part of that is not a victory. So here's my favorite and best advice, for, especially for young coaches. Um, not necessarily young in, 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 in age, but young in experience. Um, you ready? Because this is, this is a priceless bit of wisdom. Okay? Hold on to your seats. Here it comes. Relax. Fear is not helping anyone, not you as a coach or them as the coach. Fear is the opposite of faith. Wait, wait, strike that. We can exercise faith and still have fear. That's called courage. But fear is the enemy of faith. Fear indicates that we do not know God as well as we should or could. Look, nothing bad is going to come from either scenario. That you coach them towards something not connected to their problem or that is not part of any problem. If you did your best and you listened to God and followed his lead, he's responsible for what happened and he will take care of everything. Your fear will create a reluctance that can be easily sensed and transferred to others and it will be a tool in the, in the hands of the enemy. What you should fear is letting fear cancel out your trust and faith in God. All right, 
now that you got that out of the way, now what? Well, uh, I'm going to uh, take the subject of spiritual warfare off the table till another podcast. Suffice it to say that some baggage that people carry is really a prison, a bondage, and, and you know, there's a demonic stronghold to be turned uh, torn down. Actually, most wounding has the support and contribution of Satan in it. By any number of means, we can find that we unwittingly have gotten ourselves in league with Satan, and that will, of course, need to be changed in order for freedom and transformation to occur. For now, we'll take that off the table till our next episode. So, assuming you have some direction from God, here are a few things I try to do when praying for someone in this sort of coaching session. Before we begin, I I explain how I want to proceed, um, how I want us to proceed through the prayer, the kind of things we need to need to pray for, um, and and what it does when I walk down through these elements is it not only brings clarity, I think, to them, but it helps me clarify what. I've heard through the session that I have felt like really needs to be talked um, to God about. So, one, I explain what we will be bringing up to God. So, before I begin, I'll walk them through this summary of what we have concluded and what we'll be talking to God about. This is primarily to make sure that I have understood them and they me. I want to know before I begin that they are with me and, and ready and willing to tell God what I'm asking them to. Also, once we launch into prayer, they may become very confused, forgetful, uh, disoriented, and and find it difficult to talk even. And this can be a very intimidating moment for many people. We will explain one reason for that when we have the spiritual warfare conversation. Um, The summary that I do is so that you know that they have agreed to proceed in in, this certain way so that when they struggle, you can tell them what to say without wondering if you're putting words in their mouth. words that they do not agree with. So explain to them what you feel needs to be done, which might change in the process, but I'll get to that. Number two, explain how you intend to proceed. This is my, um, this may sound obvious or necessary, but I will tell them in advance each of these steps that I intend to take, that I'm telling you, I will tell them this. Um, This will bring This will often bring up questions which will allow you to teach into the prayer and explain what exactly is going to take place. Why is that a sin and why is spiritual warfare? What is spiritual warfare? Why is it needed? And will a simple prayer change anything? These and other questions will come up, so make sure you have left ample time in your schedule. The the explanation may take longer than the prayer. Usually does. And both together, together can take 30 minutes or more. So you have to make sure you have made enough time, left enough time, that they don't have to to go. They start looking at their watch. You need to ask, because if they've only got 10 minutes left, you actually might have to put that that off to another appointment. So, you know, explain what we'll be bringing up to God, explain the process you're going to walk through, and then explain that exact words are not important. With all this talk about process, again, air quotes, (laughs) I may lead people to it may lead people to think that they have to get what they say just right. Our culture is permeated with an interest in magic and with spells and potions, so many think getting the formula of the words just right is critical. This is not the case with God. He is gracious and he knows the intentions of our hearts. So we can ask him to cover everything he knows and including what we do not know to take care of a certain wound or sin. When when I launch into prayer I will usually ask God to cover what we miss, which can also serve to help the coach e relax as well as yourself. So, so you know that God's going to clean things up and you don't have to be perfect about what you mention and don't. 
uh, what is important to God is our heart, not perfection. The latter of which is never expected of God's kids. So I also assure them that if they get stuck at some point, I will guide them through so they don't have to worry about remembering everything I'm telling them. Because they'll start to look very worried as you you launch into this. They're thinking, I'm not going to remember all that. And so you tell them, look, I got to tell you this up front, but you don't have to remember it. That's my job. So number four is explain what you may ask, um, that you may ask how they're doing. You're going to explain that to them. Throughout the prayer, I actually keep my eyes open so I can monitor how they are doing. You'll be able to tell if they need time because, you know, maybe they've become emotional or they're trying to get it but are struggling. Or if by their posture they become suddenly rigid and resistant and rebellious. You will need to address this latter one by simply asking, you know, what are they thinking or feeling at the moment? You will do well to ask them if they're willing to tell God that they choose to submit to the authority of Jesus Christ if they, if they get stuck. Simply saying the name of Jesus may break it all loose and give them the freedom to continue. Again, when it, when it comes to spiritual warfare, there are all manner of ways that the, the do, dynamic, de, demonic may manifest. And I can imagine that right now, uh, many of you are at least nervous if at what I just said, if not scared out of your freaking wits. So, <laughs> I know it's, it's easy for me to say, but do not be afraid. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Uh, you need to read some scripture if you're if you're worried and memorize it. First John four four and, and look up Romans eight thirty five to thirty nine and First Corinthians two twelve and Ephesians one nineteen through twenty three two six and six ten through thirteen and Hebrews one and eight one. You know, look those passages up and memorize the verses um, so that you know about your authority, especially over the invisible dem- demonic world through Jesus' name. If they get stalled and just can't speak, or if they have completed some part of the prayer, like confession of sin or forgiveness, ask them what they are thinking or feeling. Quite often, God is helping us be thorough by putting a thought, feeling, or even a vision in their mind. Listen closely to their answer and dismiss nothing. I remember uh, my wife and I driving over to the local um, state campus and we picked up a college student and she's in the backseat of the car and uh, we parked in a, uh, a a restaurant just off the, the state campus. It ap- actually happened to be a Denny's. And the wife and I are in the front seat and this young college student is in the back seat. And, and we prayed with her and she had this vision of Satan falling off a roof, but he still had one claw <laughs> hooked in the gutter and it was keeping him from falling. And sure enough, well, you know, we stopped and we poked and prodded and, and uncovered something she was hiding, which was the ground Satan had to hang on to. And once we addressed that, the vision changed into something bright and quite glorious. So that's the kind of thing you want to pick up. That's the kind of thing maybe God is alerting us to so that we can do a complete work. And while that sounds like an extreme case, it's actually not that unusual. It's normal for the coach to have something come to mind or or to have an overwhelming feeling of something that if probed will uncover a piece of the spiritual puzzle you had not yet discovered, but that God wanted you to include in your prayer for healing and freedom. It's always good to ask, how are you doing? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? You know, at, at intervals within and especially at the end. Number five, you're going to explain that they will have follow-up homework. I do this so they know that the prayer we lift to God will not end the work. I want them to know that they will have to stand their ground and complete the process. I want them to know beforehand, as if I'm bringing their attention to the fine print, that a single prayer will heal, but they will need to work for their maturity 
from a new place of freedom. This also gives you the chance to protect them from the enemy's lies about what really took place during the prayer and how using their new freedom to gain maturity works. a short break to give your brain a chance to rest. Did you know that this podcast is not the only resource that we have available to help you with your own relationship with God and your spiritual coaching efforts? TwoRivers.Church backslash life coaching, don't forget the hyphen, has dozens of tools and book links to help you in your life with God and your ministry to others. You can even sign up there to get spiritual coaching for yourself with Pastor Carrie, either in person or virtually. It's a work in progress and we'll be getting a facelift soon, but it's chock full of practical content to read, watch, and and listen to. Wherever you choose to interact with Pastor Carrie online, please remember to rate, like, follow, and share so that other leaders and coaches can find this helpful content. If you would like to connect with Pastor Carrie, you can go to tworivers.church backslash lifecoaching, email him at carrie at tworivers.church, or text him on Twitter or Facebook by going to at SC dashboard. All right, let's finish today's episode of the podcast. All right. These were five things that I mentioned. Explain what you will be bringing up to God. Explain how you intend to proceed. Explain that exact words are not important. Explain that you will ask how they're doing at some different intervals and explain that they will have follow-up homework. Okay. So here's how I walk through the prayer itself. First, I set the stage by praying myself or having uh, my co-counsel, if there's someone else in the room, pray. Uh, that is, if I am comfortable with releasing that to them at that point. Maybe it's their first time sitting in with me. I won't do that. Uh, so we ask for God's protection and grace. We state our position in Christ and claim our freedom and thank God with assurance for what he is going to do. I'll, I'll usually quickly summarize um, what we are coming to God about um, on, on that day, and, and as I said above, and that ask that he will cover what we might miss and reveal anything that he does not want us to overlook. A second, I ask the coachee to explain in their own words then what it is they just have uncovered about their past. I tell them, you know, just tell the story, share the events, list the names, just get into the subject that they need um, him to show up into. Uh, when they do this, their spirit-guided words may be very helpful to you, so listen closely. Add to the list for prayer any sins or wounds they might mention uh, that they had not previously. Uh, often when they're walking through this and, 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 and they're doing their part of explaining it to God, they, they gain clarity and, and, and you need to listen because they will even say things they had not thought of before that the Holy Spirit will illuminate. Third, if they... If they have not, ask them to tell God what they would like him to do for them. You know, break the power of a lie, break the power of a vow, forgive sin, heal a wound of abuse, set them free from addiction that they picked up to medicate the pain or um, uh, of the event or the person's attack. Whatever they need, whatever they want, they should ask. Um, you know, we have not because we do not ask. So you want them to be specific and asking God what it is they would like him to do for them. Uh, fourth, if they have not, make sure they confess sin and ask for forgiveness and for the strength to break free and not repeat it. Do not let them get away with words like try or help me or anything that suggests future failure or a reluctance to change. When they ask God's uh, help to try and forgive, I stop them. I ask them to tell God that they choose right now to forgive. This is where Yoda's advice is perfect. No, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Trying to forgive 
is choosing not to. Fifth, have them renounce any vow that they, they made or lies that they believed and have them take back any ground they've given to the enemy in Jesus' name. They, they've been exposed. The enemy has been exposed. The ground has been exposed. They're no longer free to work in the background and undercover. They have been um, revealed and they need to leave. They, they must renounce and reverse the vow and de- declare the lie, even if they still feel it's true, to be false and something they no longer want to have any control over their lives. At that point, you've told them a lie and they might get it in their head, but their heart might still have trouble seeing it as a lie because they've held it as truth for so long. So they might have to pray and call a thing a lie that they don't totally feel is a lie at the moment, um, and, and that's fine. Sixth, along the way, okay, we're going to probe what is going on in their heart, in their mind, by asking what they're thinking and feeling right now. Listen to what God may be trying to say, and be aware that the enemy may be trying to distract and derail. Again, time experience will teach you how to, to tell the difference between, you know, what God says and what the enemy says, uh, as will help uh, a current relationship with God into which the Spirit can freely communicate to you what He wants and from which you can easily recognize His voice. Seventh, at any point that it seems the enemy needs to be rebuked, you just do it on their behalf. This will be uh, further explained in the next podcast. Uh, stand with them and for them and ask God to hear your prayer as if it was theirs and rebuke the enemy's presence by name and in, in, in their place. Or, or along with them is really what you're doing. Name the sin or lie or vow or wound and ask God to remove it and its influence over and right to the life sitting before you. Ask God to give back from the enemy the ground that was released to the enemy. And then eight, ask again if they are feeling or thinking anything. Deal with anything that comes up and otherwise close out by thanking God for what he just did. And by expressing faith that a simple prayer is all that's needed to activate God's saving grace. Celebrate what God just did. Uh, Warn them of the ways the enemy may attack now. Point them to the follow-up homework and let them know that they are about to begin a new chapter in their life. Tell them to be proactive in thanking God several times a day for doing what you just requested, what they just requested. Give realistic hope and explain there is more work to do, but they are now have the freedom to do it. Explain that if they do not yet have the, the freedom that they had hoped for, to come back for further coaching, to dig out any of the remaining roots of sin and wounding, and to keep doing it until the freedom is secured. If forgiveness is involved, make sure they know not to repeat forgiveness for the same thing, but to add to it anything new that comes to mind in the coming days. And, and I want to be very clear, I have numbered these eight things as steps. Again, some air quotes here. I use that term very loosely. Um, they may occur in any order after probably the, you know, the, the, the first and, and second one. Um, and, and you may need to revisit certain steps more than once along the way. They are better seen as non-sequential components of a good healing prayer session. Okay, so um, that is how I formally walk through these spiritual coaching sessions. Please understand that there are no rules here That is uh, that, it, that it will... Not not work if you do not do it in the right way and in, in this prescribed order. These are just components that I've developed and refined over hundreds of coaching sessions. I've included things to watch out for from my experience, but you need to be alert and awake because the unexpected and often weird stuff just happens. 
When the enemy knows the gig is up, he becomes less worried about stealth and pulls out all the stops to resist what is coming. He does not want to lose ground. So it can get weird. Respect the enemy, but refuse to cower or accept his plans for how the prayer session should go. I know you have questions at this point. You're going to have questions. The best thing to do is dive in and learn along the way. Next time on the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard, we'll tackle the fun subject of spiritual warfare. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you heard something that got your attention, whether it be for your own relationship with God or for coaching others, don't waste the divine nudge. Be sure to take the time to think through how to work the truth into your life and practice. If you do spiritual coaching, either formally or informally, remember that it is hard to lead where you have never been yourself. We pray that God uses the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard to inform and transform your life before it reaches another. If you are in the upstate New York area, specifically Binghamton, or are visiting or just passing through, look Pastor Carrie and myself up. We'd love to have a cup of coffee with you and chat about our dynamic relationship with God or about how to do spiritual coaching in your context. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the podcast of the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard.